Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the Junk Time Alpha podcast for round 15, 2018. We're coming to you from Wayne Jackson Studios. My name is Michael Chamberlain and joining me is a man who has a very special announcement for the Junk Time Alpha podcast. It is Adam Rosenbachs. Oh, Michael, how are you today? I'm fired up. I'm, I'm, I'm high on life, Adam. High on life. Now, I know that us two have been doing this show for, what, this is our fifth year, is it? Fourth year? I can't even remember. We've done so many shows, it's just, it's just a blur at the moment, but... I have uh, organised a very special addition to join us on the show from here on in. Wait so a second, like, so- a, like another another co-host? Do you think? Yes, yes, a, a third, a third, a triumvirate, if Kay. you will. Um, would have would have so liked I'm- a heads up about this one. Would have liked a heads up. Mate, there was a lot of back uh, back rooms wheeling and dealings for this. I had to keep it on the down low. Five year deal, and we have got as of next week. A little uh, Barry Hall joining uh, us on okay. air no, on the Junk not. Time AFL no, podcast. So no, we aren't. We aren't. Big Baz ain't coming in. Ain't coming mate, in. It's, mate, it's it's inked. It's a five year deal. Um, I said, mate, whatever you what's, whatever's in your head, get it out there. You have free reign, Barry Hall, to do what you like. <laughs> and I know what you're going to say. You're going to say, mate, people are just going to bring up the fact that he hit Brent Staker, and I say. People have moved on for that. That's that's not what he's going to be remembered for, Michael. So I think it's uh, it's just going to be a new dynamic. We've always wanted to have a footballer on the show. I and think you need I to get. Think... <laughs> I think you need to get that contract looked at again, my friend. It's it's and also it's... technology. Technology. What doesn't he live in Queensland? Can't we, we, I don't think we can do a three-way hookup. Oh, mate! <laughs> Anything. We can always do it through. I mean, we no, do have what, we do have Mark Zanotti Studios up in up in up in Brisbane. I mean, obviously they're 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 ready to go at any stage. Yeah. So why why would they why would we keep them empty if we've got a man locked and loaded ready to go? And I know you want me to relook at that contract, but I had uh, Peter Gordon, Commissioner Gordon, from the Footscray Football Club. I showed him this, and I said, "Mate, I want it written in such a way that there is no way that Barry Hall." can be sacked from this show within five years without getting a full uh, full payout from the Junk Time AFL podcast. So this, if if you want to back out of this, Michael, this may send Junk Time broke. Okay, this is coming out of your stubby holder money, mate. So <laughs> that, that $3.50. Mate, you can't touch the stubby holder cash. I mean, not cash, declared to the ATO uh, in last year's uh, financial year. And a great financial year it was for, for many, many people. Oh, yeah, we've reached today. It's July 1. Hey, congratulations yeah. to the federal politicians out there today who got a uh, got a cheeky pay rise. Mm. Uh, congratulations to all the people out there who got their penalty rates cuts. Yeah. Uh, congratulations to all the people out there who get the um, uh, the tax cut uh, moving forward for this year. And then uh, congratulations to all the people uh, in the 2019-2020, uh, if they get it through, who will get their hex uh, level lowered to about um, 40-odd grand, begin paying it back. Okay. 
And let's uh, another quick congratulations to the person who's currently working on a uh, topical news show, yeah. <laughs> who's been who's been reading up on on tax reform. Yeah. Hey, I wonder who that might be. <laughs> That's very funny, very funny, very funny, Adam. Yes. Actually, on Thursday we wrote a bit saying about Hex, saying uh, they've been passed through. And, Are uh, you doing then, material? Then had to find out at about five thirty that it hadn't actually passed yet, and therefore oh. had to scrap that bit. That is very disappointing. Now, uh, you, of course, are up at the Rod Carter Studios. I went up to visit you last night. Very kind of you. Uh, bunk beds and everything. Yeah, well, it was lovely. I, lo- I loved hanging with, with Chamber. We haven't showered together for years. So you came up here to do the kick. Did anyone see the kick? Tell us if you saw the kick on Channel 7 with the big Rosie. Yeah. Uh, so that was a lot of fun. And then, of course, we put out the podcast, a bit of a special one, unannounced on a on a Sunday morning, a podcast for the for the fans, a little little Easter egg for you to wake up to on a Sunday morning. Yeah, we found happy. a spot during the second quarter and just pulled out the mics and had a bit of a chat about our first time at Spotless Stadium. Mm. And I had to listen back to it. And uh, it was it sounds it sounds pretty good. Like, as I was saying to you off air, there are. Uh, the crowd certainly didn't overpower what we were saying. Well, why don't we run through the games before we get into... We get into the kick and we get into our anecdotes about going up to the uh, Beanstalk for the first time. Adam, yeah. is it fair to say that football is back? This has been one of the greatest, possibly the greatest weekend of football in the history of VFL-AFL. A lot of tight games. Currently, we're recording at about 5.30pm Eastern Standard Time. So there's a mm. shootout. There's a shootout at Etihad. Uh, the Bombers and the Kangaroos start of the fourth quarter. It's 98 Bombers, 86 to North. The Lions are about three goals up about uh, uh, 10 minutes into the second term over at uh, Optus Stadium in Perth. Yeah, the, which is pretty incredible. But uh, apparently the first quarter between North and Essendon was the highest scoring quarter, uh, opening quarter since 2013. Okay, cool. Yeah, great. So okay. How dare people say football is dead? How fucking dare they? It shows the rule changes are working, Adam. I don't know, it took that a while. True. It took a while, but they're working. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's the third uh, man up. They cue at everything. Oh, and I think, too, you know, the, the idea that's in the player's head that there could be a fourth umpire means they're like, oh, better not push in the back. Oh, fuck, he's not even there. It's, it's just, it's haunting their decisions, and it's making the game a much better spectacle. The uh, St Kilda. Uh, Demons match from early today. The Saints got up about two points. They're about five goals up, I reckon, at about around about three quarter time, and then the Demons came back, just falling short. About forty thousand people there. Quite a few people there. Very entertaining game. Yeah. So they kicked um, seven goals to four in the last quarter. So they came home with a head of steam. The D's. Can I just say, was it only about uh, three weeks ago that the Demons were going back to back? Yeah, they were going to win the flag. People were um, mm. cancelling their trips at the end of uh, September. And uh, now they've, they've dropped off a little bit off the pace. They're now seventh on the ladder. Yeah. Uh, which could maybe change if North do win. So there's been a lot of movement. There was a lot of eight-point games this week. And probably uh, almost set a record for eight-point games. And also uh, almost eight shapers. There are a few games outside the eight that kind of uh, did a little bit to, you know, to, to um, direct what's going to happen come grand fi- uh, come finals time. So, a lot of eight shaping, uh, yeah. The Giants defeated Hawthorne by 11. Um, the Pies got home pretty comfortably by about 40 points against the Suns. We'll talk about that later. Also, the uh, mm. Crows came from four goals down to defeat the Eagles. Eagles were pretty comfortable all night. And then, of course, hilariously, Carlton lost to Port by 21 points, which was awesome. Did you watch that one? Uh, no, I was, I was oh, traveling. I I was on the way to the kick, mate. So I was watching some of the game on the AFL app, which is very handy when you're with Telstra because it doesn't pull down your data. So uh, if, you're, if you want to go with Telstra, that's one of the bonuses. Little ad. The, 
the yeah the other uh, downside to Telstra is the fact that I can't receive calls in my house. So I mean that <laughs> you can look at I mean the upside I can I can watch. You know, un- unfiltered football. Yeah, but for I sure. Can't, and yeah, like I every every ten years, when you're in regional regional Northern Territory, uh, yeah. you can still get re- get a call. But it's yeah, pretty yeah. handy every ten still, years. I can still watch the footy. So yeah. if I'm if I'm wandering the desert lost, yeah, I can watch the footy. I can't call anyone, <laughs> but I get the footy. So it's uh, it's pretty it's pretty great. What about Friday night? A fantastic game between uh, the doggies and the cats, and Harry Taylor living every boy's dream. Right up until the end. It was a boy's own adventure. He got the mark, a few seconds left, and then he had to line up for the shot. Uh, mm. It's been a back-and-forth kind of game. The Doggies had got out to about 30 points at one stage, roughly about halfway through the third, I think. Yeah. Uh, you never count the Cats out, though, do you, Adam? I've came never back, came back. I still think they can win it. And then they had the uh, lovely spectacle of about 25 people on the mark while Harry took the shot at goal. Now, did you see Tom Brown after the game questioning... Uh, Chris Scott, so he's in the press conference, and he just said, "What did you think of all the players on the mark?" And Chris Scott said, "I don't, I don't watch it. I, I just can't. You know, it's out of I my believe, hands." So I, I've I got a feeling he might have left straight away when they got when he got the mark. Yeah, but also, why was he bringing up the players on the mark? It doesn't matter; they're all behind the mark. Like that was just a very weird thing to bring up. Well, someone put online, I'm not sure who it was, the idea that there meant to be one person on the mark and then the other people have to be behind that person. I'm not actually totally sure of the rule, but it did look like there were 10 people in a line making up a, a bit of a dancing wall like you might see in the World Cup. So were you saying that potentially they were encroaching the 10-metre exclusion zone? Is that well, what I'm Well, I'm actually not totally sure of the rule. I don't know. Do you know yourself? Like, is it meant to be one person and then one person maybe behind about a metre? Or can you all be on a line? I think as long as you're not, you don't go over. I think that's okay. For yeah. for my understanding of it is, yeah, you can have as many as you want. And can you? Because the game is finished. Can you not bring out other like your extra? You know, your four on the bench, your runner, your your extra coaches. Is everyone allowed on the field at that stage, or is that the game still alive as such? What like get like get get well get the mascot out there, jumping on the mark. Well, say say the um, the, the four guys, who, yeah, Doctor Zimmerman. Does he want to come out, jump up and down on the mark? Yeah, he's yelling. <laughs> at, he's he's yelling out medical jargon. Uh, we had the Tigers uh, comfortably. Kind oh, of hang on, hang on. Yeah, I think you're over. You, you, mate, we're talking. We're talking the Geelong game. There was a devastating injury in the Geelong game that I believe you're overlooking. Oh, yeah, sure, sure. Um, Patrick Dangerfield. Jeez, you hate Patrick Dangerfield, don't you? You don't care about him anymore, do you? No, no, I'm incredibly, incredibly worried about it. But also at the same time, I don't think the LED lights were to blame on this occasion. So it wasn't just a player kind of running towards the boundary and getting and knocking the glass and the lights or whatever it is, the plastic. Mm. He did jump onto a, onto a, what, a, a cooler and then yeah, ended up it, it, doing it, a kind of it, high jumping the, the boundary line fence. So I, well, I don't he, think he the LED the boundary lights line fence, didn't it? Essentially, yeah, had his foot over the uh, over the top. So I can't say they're, they're fully to blame. I think it was a unique situation. Having said that, we should remove them, obviously. But uh, he went back. He went and felt the fence. So in in Danger's mind, and he is one of the he's the head of the AFLPA, isn't he? I actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. He'd be making the call himself, right there. So I imagine that whatever deal they've struck with Marvel, I think a fair percentage is going to end up in uh, down Mogs Creek, if you know what I mean. <laughs> he's not going to be happy with that. <laughs> When you take on the uh, header, and also, how the fuck are the LED lights at any ground still an issue? Let's just go blanket 
fucking perspex over the lot of them. Yeah, yeah. No, I find that interesting. I think they talked about it in Geelong down at GBH Stadium. Yes. Uh, they're going to move the field, if not have already moved the field in a half a metre. But that's, a, that's not the problem. Like, if someone still hits the fence, then it's the fucking fence. Like, if you're running full tilt, I don't think that half a metre is going to be that thing that saves you. You know what I mean? No, half a metre is not massive. No, no. But I think the danger one is a unique situation. Like, he fucking tried to, he fucking tried to parkour a fucking, <laughs> a fucking... What do you call it? A fucking esky. Yeah, parkour. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah then, okay. and then ended up with his, like, leg hanging over into the face of someone eating a pie. So I think it's a unique situation. All right, so you're putting it back on him. I'm team fence, okay? I'm getting a lot of back pay from the LED group. Okay, I like it. Also, you know one one man who would be very happy that the the doggies got up? Bruce McAvaney, with about a minute 50 to go, and I think they must have been 11, 11 points up or something. He said the dogs are home. Oh, they're oh, home. He made the call. And you just go, mate, what are you doing? Mm. Like Geelong... The kings of getting out of jail. Oh, dude, don't I know it. Yeah, and so I just thought it was a very odd thing for him to, to go with. You just go, mate, you, you're a commentator. Don't don't call that. You know what Doggies fans You know what doggies fans turn against you, mate. They'll, they'll fucking tear you apart. When do you reckon Bruce calls it a day? Big call. When do you reckon? When does he hang it up? When does he lose the passion? I think the passion's gone. The passion's gone already? I mean, it's, passion, th- it's I mean, 30 years. I think, he, I think he came to seven in 1988. 30 Is years. Is that right? 30 years of calling games. Quite incredible. Do you, re- do you reckon you'd get, like, pretty bored? You know, when, when a team's 12 goals up at three-quarter time and everyone, you know, people you see people leaving the ground mm-hmm. and you're just like, God, I wish I was one of them. I but I've got, to, I've got to do this and do the post-match. Yeah, yeah, and I've got to pretend I'm, I'm, it's still tight. There's still a possibility they might come back. They do love that, don't they? they it get would two be Groundhog Day, though, a like, fair bit, though, wouldn't it? It would be Groundhog yeah, Day. Yeah, you'd, you'd be sick to death of that. Yeah, I mean, I think the reason why um, Dennis gave up was mainly the, the travel. He was like, I'm happy with the commentating, but it's the getting on the flight from Perth every weekend, which kills me. Well, see, that's the other thing, too, is, uh, you know, we talked a couple of weeks ago about how it's rare for WA uh, players to get to 300 games, yet Dennis mm. was flying every week. And I went to, I just had to go to Sydney yesterday, and it was a pain in the ass. Mm. Yeah, sure. Then jump, what, get to hotel, then you jump out to. The car to get to Homebush, yeah, yeah, it's a fair hike. Yeah, so it was, yeah, it was just annoying. And imagine, you know, if you're if you're Dennis Cometti and you got, you know, they, they can't be good on the tonsils on the voice. No, hey, can so, I? Um, um, having said that, I think Bruce will uh, have a meltdown at half time in a qualifying <laughs> final. Okay, start throwing his poo. Yeah, yeah, and we won't hear from him again. <laughs> uh, can I just uh, suggest to you that we're living in a fucking horrific nightmare? Um, Talk to me this apocalyptic adventure that the fucking fact that Richmond and Collingwood are number one and two on the ladder right now? First time since 1977. How the fuck has that happened? That has fucking snuck up on me like a motherfucker. Okay, Richmond I get, but it's like fucking, the coach was going to be sacked after round one and now they're fucking sitting second. That is amazing. That is amazing. They have really gone under the radar, haven't they? They truly have. We're all talking Eagles. what They won like 10 in a row or whatever. They've yeah. dropped off a little bit, lost the last three. Swans are always thereabouts. So we got one we got Richmond on forty four points, and then we got four teams on forty. Um and Which is amazing. Centers. So uh second through fifth, down to Port Adelaide, who are just outside, mm. is just on percentage, which is and also uh point nine percent uh separates one point one percent separates um second and fourth. Yeah. 
So it's not bad, is it? It's what the AFL wanted. But Collingwood just sitting at pretty at second. I mean, is it a bit, a little bit misleading that they had the Gold Coast yesterday? Uh, not misleading as fact, but I mean they've done okay to kind of. I'd be. I mean, I, I, they've, they've, they've literally snuck up on me. Like, I'm like, I yeah. knew they were thereabouts. But I knew they were the bottom of the eight. And I'm like, what? Second? Fuck, that happened. What's going on? Yeah. It's not right. Mate, it's all going right for Collingwood. Apart from, you know, some serious injuries, it's all going really right for Collingwood. You know? Are they, are, okay, Michael. Question, question without, without notice. notice. I'm going to ask you the same question. I reckon it's the same question. Uh... Are we going out drinking with Jordan Degoe tonight? <laughs> Was that are it? You, are you going to ask, are Collingwood real and deal? Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to go out on a limb and say no. I'm going to say back half of the year, they fall over, barely make the eight. There we go. Big call. <laughs> wow, Big call. That, you, you, you make them, don't you? I've you know called what? it. I've called it. You know what? You know what they need? And I think this has become a little you bit fucking, of a buzz for Fucking it. blow it back in my fucking face. But yeah. You know what? You know what's become a little bit of a buzzword this season? Is every team has needed a circuit breaker. <laughs> and so what I think Collingwood's circuit breaker last year was they got the review done. They had the full review of uh, everything. From they the went president? Over well, no, actually not from the president. Kind of like no. from the people just, just under below the president. The president all yeah. the way down to the boot stutter. To the boot stutter. And they went, you know what? Bucks is our man. We're, uh-huh. we're going to stick it out with him. And that was a circuit breaker. Like, Bucks got a bit of a fright. He was like, oh... They don't like the way that I'm coaching. I've got to change a few things around here. He changed it, and look at how they're going. And so that's what every team so far has needed, just a little little circuit breaker. That's what's what's helped everyone. So uh, if you're you're going really poorly and you don't know what to do as a side, break those circuits. Hey, do you know who was at the uh, Collingwood-Gold Coast match last night? Uh, Collingwood full forward Tom Lynch. Yeah. (laughs) Well, should we talk about him for a little bit? He's uh, hurt the knee. He's done. So, what, there are 15,000 teams who are after him, and so he's yes. out for the rest of the year. Heck, what yep. a time to do the fucking knee, man. I mean, I don't know. Oh, like, do, you, do you still do you, get off with the same he's... kind of money? Do you still get chased with the same passion now that you've done so a knee? Do you think that he's uh, dropping off money as he sits in the grandstand? That's what I wonder. Like, if you're there going, oh, we're going to give him 1.4, and yep, then you yep. do a knee, do you go, okay, we'll make that 1.2? Yeah, that's a that's a good question. You kind, of, I, um, you kind of buy and damage goods. Yeah, but it's just a is it a medial ligament? It's not it's not anything that requires surgery. Quite a few players, you know, you give a bit of rest. They're not sure if it's degenerative, but you know, Collingwood, if they get him, they're happy to take. They got you know, Jaden Stephenson. He's got like a fucking weird heart. They they will huh. take anyone that team. They got well, Daniel Wells. He's got dodgy calves. Or do you take a kind of seventy five percent right Tom Lynch over a hundred percent other player? Well, see, that's the thing. He hasn't had a great year. You know you know which team he shone against was Carlton, so that hasn't helped his cause either. Hell of um, a time, though. Like, in your life, you know, you're the young player, you're kind of the, you're the, the bell of the ball. Mm. Everyone's mm. after you, and then you actually get a major injury like that. It'd be like, ah, dude, everything's going well for me. I, I, don't, I don't think it will hurt that much. I think if teams want to get him on a long-term contract, because it's going to be hard, you know, the hardest thing is you try getting a young man playing in front of six, 7,000 people a week, uh, you know, losing all the time. You try just dragging him out of that, it's going to require big dollars anyway. Because <laughs> otherwise, he's just going to stay there. He's going to play out his career, which not many people do, never having played a final. So you're going to want to throw big dollars at him to get him away from that kind of lifestyle. You know what? I reckon they tried to sweeten the deal the other day uh, by the fact that Matt Damon was at the Gold Coast 
Collingwood match. Matt, was he going to Logies? Matt Why is he up there? <laughs> he could be the special guest at the Logies, yeah. He's doing the monologue at the start. Okay. Uh, here on news.com.au, donning a Gold Coast scarf and holding a Carlton, Carlton beer. Uh, Matt Damon. So hang on. Been, he's a, he's there for the Gold Coast, not for there, Collingwood. No, he's there for the Gold Coast. So he's got the Gold Coast scarf on. Seems to be in a bit Shit. of a Gold Coast area. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had spent the past week holidaying with his family in Brisbane and the Sunshine Coast. Because people talk about Matt, Matt Damon maybe buying a house up in around the Byron kind of area. Uh, here we go. Though he's kept a low profile, fans have spotted the Bourne star and his family soaking up the Queensland sun in Rainbow Beach and Noosa North Shore. His appearance down under comes less than a month after the Damon and after da- after the Damon. Okay, the Damons and Aussie heartthrob uh, Chris Hemsworth enjoyed a family holiday on North Stradbroke wow. Island. So Matt Lovely. Damon's taken out the footy. Is that a ploy to maybe keep Tommy Lynch there? Oh well, I wonder if he kind of got under got in his ear and said, you know, what are you? I mean, I've I've grown to love the Gold Coast. Maybe you can grow yeah. to love uh, grow to love the Gold Coast as well. Yeah, and uh, you know, I mate, you want do you want to meet anyone in Hollywood? Who do you want to meet? Mm. I will. Anyone you want, Lynchy. You want to be in a Bourne film? Well, you can be in a Bourne film. Matt Damon could kind of work that out for you, couldn't you? If you did want to meet someone, he could actually he could organise that, couldn't he? Mate, he could organise that, and also if you want to be, you could or you could do anything you wanted in Hollywood. He is Hollywood royalty. Made me think about obscure fans of uh, football teams. Uh, Neil mm. Diamond. Who do you reckon Neil Diamond kind of has a bit of an interest for? Neil uh, Diamond. You love Neil Diamond. Neil. Da, da, da. Neil. Neil Danaher, Melbourne. He barracks from Melbourne. No, Brisbane Lions. Is that right? Neil Diamond went out with a lady for a while, and she would barrack for the Brisbane Lions. She was an Australian lady, and so he said every now and then he'd be watching the games with her. Andre Agassi, what do you reckon? Agassi. I'm going to go with Sydney Swans. Port Adelaide. What? Uh, what? Uh, what's the name? Cahill, uh, son of John Cahill, tennis player. Tim. Yeah, no, not Tim Cahill. <laughs> uh, coached Agassi. And so then in Vegas one time, a few port players were over there, and so they got on the phone and they went and had dinner with uh, uh, at Agassi's place. Is that right? Fun fact. Fun fact. I've never seen him, mate. I've never seen him out at the game. I've never seen him hold the scarf above his head. He loves it, man. He should... loves never tear us apart. Loves it. Yeah, he should have come out to that. Like you know, when he's playing those, uh, you know, open charity games. You know, where sometimes they'll have a big racket. Big racket. You gotta have the big racket. <laughs> Love the oh, big racket. There's a moth on the court. You know, just <laughs> funny shit. Like, oh, he's giving a ball boy a massage. This is fucking crazy. Oh, they play the ball boy. That's always a great one too. Oh, that is, mate. You can, you know, it's really hard to watch when they play the ball boy because of the tears in your eyes. Yeah, it's hilarious. And you're like, this fucking stop, stop. There's a YouTube clip of um, they, uh, and it's kind of a bit of a charity thing, and they get Agassi and Steffi Graf to uh, mm. kind of play. I think they they tie their hand together, like their non-rocket hand, racket hand together, uh-huh, and it's kind of uh-huh. a bit of funny thing of like, you know, oh, it's very difficult to play like this. And then Andre unfortunately goes to hit the ball and actually hits his poor wife in the face. And oh, it's this moment everyone's like, ha, ah, giggle, giggle, giggle. Oh, the, oh, the, the, the mood of this has completely changed. <laughs> and this is actually actually yeah. a bit awkward right now. But, yeah, Matt yeah, Damon. Matt Damon hanging out in the um, suns. Good on you, mate. Well, I, I, I'm not sure if Tom Lynch is going to go then. But they're also saying that Tom Lynch has played his last game. Would that be disappointing that, uh, you know, if you know you are going to go, you would like to go out with a bank, you know, finish off with seven goals. So, you, you know, Gold Coast fans are like, oh, man, what a bummer having lost him. And now they're like, 
We don't even remember him kind of finishing. He was sort of injured against the Saints. Yeah, yeah. And they were talking about during the week, Stewie G wanted him to make the call straight away. Say, am I, am I staying or am I going? Okay. Uh, and that didn't happen. So obviously Tom Lynch holds the cards in that situation. How do you think that helps if he's not going to play? Like, if, if he's going to be in the side, as Carlton did with Lockie Henderson a few years ago, they went, mate, you dropped. You're not finishing out your, uh, your games here. Mm-hmm. We're not going to play you because we know you're going to Geelong. What would Stuart do? What does he get out of it knowing now? Like, does that just leave the rest of the club just going, oh, he's going? Like, I reckon it would leave kind of a bad mood. I kind of wonder. I mean, if he, if he announced tomorrow, okay, I'm going, does that mean they go, okay, you're out? Like, you don't get to do the rehab here. We don't look after you in that regard. You go and do that privately. Well, yeah, you, you're not coming to the BNF. Fuck you, Tom Lynch. Hand in your, hand in your badge. Yeah, pack up your locker. Yeah. Hand in, hand in your, hand in your free pass to King Tut's putt putt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know your your bottomless uh, hog's breath cafe card. Yeah, you're done. You're done. No, no more, more curly yeah. fries for you, mate. Yeah, next next time he goes into hog's breath and eats, and they're like, oh, that'll be uh, twenty eight dollars." Like 30. what? I've never paid my entire life. You're yeah, in a different sorry, world, Mr. mate. Lynch. <laughs> yeah. Different world. Now, yeah, you chose off. his. You're not getting this in Melbourne, dickhead. <laughs> yeah, if I can get steaks that like have that charcoal marks, crisscross. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't get that shit in fucking Melbourne, mate. <laughs> no way. Uh, okay, so adventures. Adam Rosenbachs flew up to Sydney yesterday to come and do yes. the kick. The kick, uh, they've got a pre-game uh, show on Channel 7. Uh, so we talked about it in the little pod yesterday. We talked about it, but people haven't heard it yet. Your panellists were... Uh, so from uh, looking camera left to right, uh, we got Cameron Ling, we got Samantha Lane, James Brayshaw, uh, me, and then Maddie Richardson, and it was a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. There's only two cameras to look at. One of them had turned away, so then it was a locked off shot on us, quite wide. So I knew I didn't have to look down the barrel at anything. I didn't have to think. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only thing that was slightly annoying was um, they had the PA in the background. You know. And there's a lot of sort of, as you know, going to the footy, a lot of that interactive bullshit going on. So that's very distracting as you're trying to, as I'm trying to hit zinger after zinger out of the park. Did you prepare much? Like, did you have a bunch of stuff written down? Did they, uh, they give I, you a rundown or? Yeah, I had a rundown. Um, so I knew the clips that I was going to be thrown, throwing to. Mm-hmm. That's how they kind of work out a TV show if no one's ever sure. They have... Uh, so it's called VT, which is videotape, and that's what they throw to. So it's like a VT package, which might be a three-minute thing with Adam Cooney and Joe Danaher last night. Or in um, in my sense, it's kind of like, um, you know, you'll throw to a 12-second clip of someone doing something amusing. Like after Harry Taylor missing that goal and them complaining about the amount of men on the mark. Mm-hmm. I threw to Simon Beasley in Carrara in oh, round that's seven. That's right. They were running through the mark. Yeah, they had uh, the fans had jumped the fence and were running around him. And Jose Romero threw a fan away yeah, at one point. That was hilarious. So, so I threw to that. So that's the kind of thing. It's like, okay, Rosie's got this one. Sam's trying to this. Richo, back to me. I, I'd say I've got a joke off the back of this. Yep. So get out of my fucking way. Yeah, fucking clear the fucking freeway because Rosie's bringing through some 24 gold. Yeah, that's right. And then uh, I had a segment called the Top Five. Uh-huh. So each week they have a top five, and uh, I think David Letterman may have ripped it off from the kick. <laughs> yeah. That's my understanding. <laughs> All those years ago. And I did top five, like uh, my fun press conferences. So we just did a bit of that. I showed number one was Brendan Bolton back when he was Hawthorne coach. Okay, been really friendly after a win. 
Yeah, and then we showed him as Carlton coach now and how much uh, four years can destroy him. Yeah. <laughs> and so that was that. And then afterwards, basically, the first segment is quite uh, video package heavy. And then the second segment, I just had to make a couple of jokes out the back of a few things and then just kind of sat there and listened in for the rest of the show. There's not a lot because they uh, are down in the rooms, they're crossing to the coach, they're doing different things. And, you know, not being a computer, uh, a football uh expert in commentator i mean comedic expert obviously uh just kind of sat there and you know hardly joined in yeah okay gotcha yeah people noticed that yeah i've got word you're not coming back (laughs) but we were out on the deck at uh so we were outdoors at uh, the beanstalk last night and i was fucking freezing yeah sure sure yeah and i was freezing cold i actually popped a scarf on last night and i don't normally do that i don't normally do that yeah, but it was fresh. So I'm in a I'm in a shirt and a suit jacket, and like my hands were starting to go blue. And I said to Sammy Lane, I was like, "Are you cold?" And she's like, "Oh yeah, I'm always freezing at this because she's just got a dress on." Yeah, sure, sure. Dude, I caught a train home, and I caught a little kid who was about four years old. He was like in the Hawthorne kit and the jumper and the shorts, yeah, shirtless jumper. And I was like, I wanted to go and fucking put a fucking, you know, those foil wrappings around them. Yeah, like, hypothermia like, blanket. He looked fine, but I'm like, dude, how the fuck are you doing that? Yeah, and you've you know you've got to go up and stop cuddling children to warm. Yeah, them. look, I I got to stop offering children. <laughs> it's for warmth, everybody. <laughs> it's for warmth. So okay, so uh, after you and I uh, went our separate ways at halftime to meet again after the game, mm-hmm. I thought I would head into the commentary box to watch how that's all done. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. So it's uh, Big JB, JB um, Basil Zemplis. Yep. And Maddie Richardson doing special comments. Yeah, leaning okay. on the boundary. Yes. So they're at a bench at probably about 10 foot long. Mm-hmm. There's about six monitors with uh, different shots of the game on it. Now, so it went uh, looking out towards the ground. It was JB, Basil, and Ling- uh, Richo. Uh, JB stood up. Basil sat down for most of it, and Richo stood up. Mm-hmm. JB was on the um, binoculars. Yep, great. And, and Basil tended to do it more from the TV screen. Very interesting. So from the coverage. And I asked him at a three-quarter time break. I just had a quick chat with JB just to, you know, ask a few questions about, you know, what do you use this for? What's that for and stuff? And I said, why do you use the binoculars? And Basil uh, does it his way. I'll, and he said... I'll translate for you. Yep. Uh, because I called radio first... Wait. Mm-hmm. Being rosy because I called radio first. That's what we tend to do more than, uh, you know, TV commentators. That's what we tend to do more than TV commentators. And so if you just got into telly first, you would probably do it straight off the TV screen. Well, so Rosie, uh, cheap little fucking uh, bit of info here. <laughs> if you got into TV first... Like this fucking loser here doesn't hasn't done the hard yards like the JB. He'd uh, be doing over the fucking monitor. I'm gonna fucking American history exit as soon as we leave the ground. I fucking hate you, Basil. Wow, that went uh, that went a lot of places. That uh, a translation, but I liked it. That's very interesting. That's very interesting. And so the different monitors were all the camera angles around the ground. Yes. I mean, I yeah, do wonder about that. Doing it off the monitor, you can't see the play forward. No, but see, uh, Basil would kind of look up 
and uh, sort of look ahead of what was going on. Okay. But generally, he would call what was happening on the screen. Yeah. So it, just in that, like he was ve- like he's very fucking good at it. But uh, I reckon it was harder for mine watching it. I thought it, it took more effort from looking on the binoculars as to what was going on because you didn't have as big a picture. I imagine that's a bit more zoned in. Yep, sure, sure. And binoculars, I haven't used them for a long time. They're probably pretty modern modern technology nowadays. Yeah, I mean they looked old school. Uh-huh. It was a it was a um a telescope. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Lou, from a pirate yeah. from a pirate ship. Lou Richards used to do it with a monocle. <laughs> <laughs> and then they would uh like tap each other. Like if Richo had something he'd tap or they'd, you know, tap him on the back and point, you know, like you or hang on, we're going to ask for... And then they would hit... Uh, they would talk to a director. So they'd hit a button, which cancelled out their microphone, talk to a director and go, can we see that replay? What's happening here? Blah, blah, blah. And then there'd be times when they pause and you go, why aren't they calling? And they were down with Lingy. Gotcha. And so would uh, JB and Basil be kind of tapping each other in terms of handing over? No, actually. I think there may have been hand signals, but if there was a lot of it, I didn't see it. And I was kind of watching them a fair bit. It was pretty smooth with who kind of took over. They they really, really talked over each other. It was actually, the chemistry was pretty incredible to watch. Yeah, fascinating, man. That's really cool. And uh, we yeah. were very lucky enough to be hit up on Twitter by Craig, who is a digital manager down at the uh, at the Giants. The Giants! Yeah. Uh, and yeah. so he very kindly offered to kind of, well, very kindly said, you know, what kind of game day experience do you want? It's very kind of him. Mm. And we uh, said, oh, would it be okay if we shoot from the moon? Maybe we can maybe wander down to the rooms. Because yeah. I figured, at the very least, if Hawthorne win, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be there kind of harping in glory, but it'd be kind of curious to see what the Giants get up to. And then also, I figured for yourself as well, Adam, if the Giants get up, that would be something you'd like to see as well. Yeah, totally, yeah, totally. And so I, um, as soon as the siren went, so you had to say goodbye to your mama and papa. Yeah, I said goodbye, mummy. Goodbye, daddy. <laughs> Make it home safe. <laughs> um. And so, obviously, their uh, driver picked them up and took them back to the <laughs> eastern suburbs of Sydney where they're staying. Fucking idiot. And don't talk about your dad like that. Well, wait a second. Um, I'm, I'm in the eastern suburbs right now at Rodcard Studios, obviously, not my home. But Yeah, no, yeah. that's right. Yeah. So, I went down there, and I was probably down there for, what, uh, about seven or eight minutes before you got down there. And uh, who was a Rosie chatting to when Chambo wandered into the GWS rooms? You're talking to Mitchell Stark, weren't you? I certainly was, my friend. So I went down there, and uh, they came in, and I think you just missed a song. Uh, they sang the song, and I've recorded it, so I'll send it to you uh, several times during the week. Yeah, cool. And Mitchell Stark was standing behind me, and he was by himself. Very so tall, very tall man. Oh, if you don't know, Australian cricketer, by the way. Yes, yes, a gun, superstar uh, of Australian cricket. Um, may have been implicated in some uh, recent uh, ball tampering, but anyway. And I thought, you know what? Starkey, he looks lonely. Rosie, he's just been on the kick. You can have a we're chat. Kind of, we're, we're kind of equals, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Pretty much. Yeah. So I went over and just said, um, what the fuck are you doing in here? <laughs> you play cricket. And uh, I, I just said, uh, what's your connection to the Giants? And he said he used to live out at Breakfast Point, which is where the Giants began their, uh, their life. So he would have become mates with a few people over the period of time, over the journey. Some of the foundation yes. members of the club. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, no, he's a very pleasant guy. Very tall, very friendly, very chatting. 
And didn't he love it when I kept patting him down, asking where's the sandpaper? He just, <laughs> he's got a good sense of humour. I go, come on, Starkey. And like by the 10th, 12th time, he was still laughing. So he was, uh, he was good. But it was pretty fun. Uh, and again, thank you. We can't, we can't say thank you enough to Craig for helping us out down there. To, uh, and, you know, it's been great to have a, a chat with about the inside workings of the club. Um, also by the fact that uh, Rory Lobb, a big unit. Mm. Uh, Dylan Shield, a uh, solid unit. Uh, chamber observation, and I know he just played two hours of football game. Phil Davis, yep. not as handsome in real life. Is that right? Big call, not as handsome in real life. Yeah, but you hold people to very high standards. I do, I don't do, you? I do, yeah. I do. And I was, I was angry. I was angry after the game too. I was. Were you, su- were you surprised at how many players you didn't know who the fuck they were? Um, oh, I think I'm kind of like that nowadays anyway. Like in terms of if I don't get kind of told who they are, I do know them once I'm told. But in terms yeah. of like uh, just the yeah visually. Uh, gee, there are a lot of players to keep across, man. Well, that is very true. But the guy who came over and uh, dragged Mitch Stark away from us, any idea who that was? No, I did not. I did not. No, yeah, that was I was the same. Talking about a golf game, yeah. I was hoping to see my mate Toby Green down there. He's not my mate. Oh, yeah. I just know of wow. him. Yeah, I've actually never met him, but I know people who know him or are related to him. Bouncers? Do you know bouncers? No, no, no. They're delightful people. I was going to have a chat. Yeah, right. Now, last night uh, when we were doing the podcast in the stands, we said that there were about 10,000 people at the game Yeah, yeah, what did it end up being? Uh, 10,866. Oh, there we go. The, Good uh, get. Yeah, that feels right, though, because uh, Craig was telling me if it's about 25,000, so that felt, that feels right. Yeah. But, but I mean, remember, I, we, we thought the AFL would pump up the figures a little but bit. But also, we did. We both got the impression, like, it's, it's a fun stadium. Like, it's our first yeah. time there, and I, I mm. think it's a it, you know, good vantage point, no matter where you are. Um, I wandered around to the the camera side after the game to get to the rooms and uh, yep. and there were good vantage points all around there. It's a, it's a good night out. And as Craig pointed out, there was a good space out the back because they have kick to kick on the ground every week at the Jones. If there's no other reason to love this team, it's because you can go have a kick out there mm. every, every week, Michael. You can't do that at the MCG. No, fuck that. You don't get that experience at Eddie had. Uh-uh. No, a bit of water at the MCG, they fucking shut the car park. Yeah, no, they, they, go, to, they go to bits. Um, and so he said, also, there's really good space out the back of the stands for the kids to have a kick. So if they're a little bit bored, they've had their hot dog, they've had their chips, they don't like watching, you know, what's going on out in the field. They just go out the back, kick the kick with mum and dad. And we also talked about it with Craig as well. We got the impression it was a very young crowd. Mm. You noticed that, didn't you? Yeah, well, a lot of the people I was asking for phone numbers, their parents were coming over very quickly. But we did notice like, okay. that it was like a very young crowd, which kind of figures by the fact that if you are being a long-term Swans fan, you probably you've not made the switch to the Giants if you've been no, there, if you've no. been following maybe for twenty years and by then if say if you're an adult when you you know hooked up you're now about forty five fifty yeah. but the the people who are getting on board the Giants are probably if not new to the game uh, uh, maybe didn't have the like if I I don't think you'd be a fifteen year Swans pl- um, fan and then just by the fact the Giants live near you you jump onto the Giants I don't think that would yeah. happen because yeah. you've got a bit of history but they were definitely a, a new generation of people. So do you think they're just uh, bombarding primary schools? Well, why not? Why be? not in the area? I mean, tell you what, man. Like, there's there's a whole world out there, in terms of uh, of there's you know there's there's millions of people out there in that part of the world to um get into football. Do you think they're going a little bit narrow? Like, if you kept going like Greater Western Sydney, so west of Sydney, like we're talking uh, 
you know, into the Northern Territory, Upper WA, the Maldives, like <laughs> yeah, just yeah. anyway west like of all, Sydney, yeah, sure. All of the Indian Ocean, like that's yeah. an unta- Madag- the Madagascans, yeah, are look, fucking <laughs> mad. They're looking at pinpointing Mount Gambier at this stage. That seems to be the main, oh, the it's main bit, hunting ground. It's a bit low. It's a bit low. I'm, I'm projecting a little bit higher. Maybe you know uh, the, around the Horn of Africa, yeah, Eritrea, Somalia, <laughs> Ethiopia. That kind of like that kind of untapped market, but it was uh, it was cool. Even though the Hawks managed to kind of just not get there, it would have been awesome if we got there. But we let them yeah. kick away a bit too, a bit early, yeah. kicked away, and then we kind of couldn't quite get it back. Yeah, it was it was fantastic. How hard was I supporting the Giants? It was fantastic. If you listen into the commentary uh, at some point, because I was in the box, you can just hear off. Oh, fuck off, free kick, Hawthorne. <laughs> um, so that was uh, I was told to keep it down. Um, so I went back to the hotel room after the game, uh, went to bed. Mate, eventful, eventful day today for me. Eventful day. I was woken up at uh, woken up at six thirty. Oh no, dude! By the uh, by the hotel alarm. Oh no way! System going off saying it's an emergency. Or no, what was it saying? It was. You know how when you have a dream and you're like, is this real mm-hmm. or is this? Is this ha- is this happening? I was kind of dreaming that there was an alarm going off, and I kept thinking it was my uh, neighbor's uh, like fucking weird ass alarm. But it was a siren going off through the hotel, saying that there could be an emergency and listen out for further announcements. Mm-hmm. And just like, well, this is this is weird. Do I get ready? What do I do? Do I run out the front of my jocks? Like, what is going on? So I preempted it. I ran out my jocks. Didn't have to. Uh, there were fire engines out the front and everything. Mm-hmm. And then it stopped, and I'm like, oh, okay, maybe I can go back to sleep, get another 20 minutes, because I had a, an early flight. And then the alarm in the room goes off. Oh, dude. So then I was fully awake. That stopped. And so then I uh, headed to the airport. And then I get a, I get to the – I'm in the Virgin Lounge, and this one guy keeps looking at me. I'm like, how, how do I know you? You keep eyeballing me like you know – I mean, obviously you watch the kick. It's very, very big yeah, show. Yeah, JV, probably. And then I get onto the flight and I'm sitting there, these three kind of weirdos. And there's a guy sitting next to me and he's on his laptop and he's re-watching the Hawthorne GWS game, okay? And he was rocking back and forth, you know, rock and roll it like they do for the uh, the review in cricket. Can we rock and roll that? Okay, yeah, yeah. So I'm thinking he's heading back to Melbourne. Maybe he's a Hawthorne specialist coach. I'm thinking he's the goal review guy or something, checking out he's- his handiwork. So I'm watching it going, what, what, um, what bits is he watching? And I keep looking at it and it seems to be, okay, it's only when there's like a ball up. So maybe he's a, uh, you know, a congestion coach or something like that. Uh-huh. It was umpire Craig Fleer going through the decisions that he had given out. No way. From what I could tell. So he had headphones on and I was watching over his shoulder, but he was sitting basically next to me. Isn't that interesting? And I was just keeping an eye. Yeah, and he was just watching and he would scroll through play, open play, and then whenever there was a decision paid or ball up, anything like that, he would slow it down, go back, watch it again. Could that be one of our first umpires in real life? I reckon it might. Well, apart from uh, Scott McLaren coming to my Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, and so when, when he paid a uh, free kick to Ruffhead, I was like, oh, fuck off, free kick, Hawthorne. <laughs> and so they, they put an announcement over the, the plane. Just going, mate, mate, uh, settle down. Yeah, yeah, the pilot came down and had to handcuff you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cable ties, they're really tight and they're hard to get out of. Isn't that fascinating? So you arrived home, safe home in Melbourne, you're fine? I'm okay, I'm tired, mate. I'm very tired. I'm doing this under duress. Well, cool, man. Do you want to do a couple of footballers in real life? 
Well, I had a lot yesterday, but, uh, you know, it's cause, it's just because of the circles that I run in now. Yeah, well, i tell you what. When I left the room, I said goodbye to you and mm. uh, Mitchell Stark. I then wandered off and I saw... I, I, I give this a football in real life. I saw Paul Poapolo, uh just by oh. the fact he was out the back and he was walking into the bus. So had not changed out of his gear. Was still wearing the uh-huh. uh, the the had the jump had the jacket on, but had the shorts yep. on still. And I saw a few silhouettes of, of what I imagined to be players in the bus. And then I was walking towards the train station. And and how long before they told you, mate, you can't get on the bus? No, no, I kind of I kind of had a quick look, and I was like, well, that I think that qualifies as a football in real life. And then totally, I saw Brett Ratton. Uh, and then I saw a few people in front of me, and I was like, they look like we're wearing the coaching gear. Yeah. And so I wandered up, and I saw the Hawthorne coaching team uh, wandering off towards their hotel. So I saw Big Monkey. Uh-huh. Well, can't miss him. And I turned my headphones off at this stage because I wanted to hear what was going on. And yeah. I saw Clarko surrounded by a few of the Hawthorne assistants. And I've got to mm. tell you, man, I had a bit of a thrill. I was like, fucking Clarko right there. He's right in front of me. It's fucking Clarko. Yeah. And I thought about going up and saying hello to him. And just saying a bit of, you know, thank you for the joy you give me in my life. But then yep. I also thought, the last time someone walked up and said, Clarko, <laughs> in the dark, while they was heading towards the hotel, did not end well at all. So I, I would have done it, I reckon, if, kind of, if I had maybe, if he was maybe talking to one other person, but he was kind of surrounded by about five other people, so I would have to kind of interrupt and get in there. But I want to send my love to Clarko for bringing those four flags back home to Glenferry. Well, Waverley. But, I will, uh, but that, was a, that was a big thrill, football and uh, coaches in real life. I mean, it, it would have been made a lot easier had you won. Surely that was running through your head. True, yeah. I, I did try and get close to kind of hear if there was a bit of talking, a bit of chatter, but I couldn't, I couldn't really hear much about, you know, the ins and out of the game, doing a full yeah. review on the, back, on the way back to the hotel. Yeah. Uh, so we have a result in the Essendon-Hawthorne game. Essendon got up by 17 points. Uh, sorry, Essendon-North game. Essendon got up by 17 points. So they, uh, Essendon are 12th. So they're the same as the Crows on uh, seven wins. North Melbourne have dropped outside the eight now, and they are equal with Hawthorne, ninth mm. and tenth. Yeah. And okay. Geelong and Melbourne. Uh, should we actually maybe look ahead to next week to see if we've got a few eight shapers oh. going on? Yes, that is a good call. We've never done this. Uh, even if you want to do it yourself, I'm just loading up the Apple website, but my internet's going a bit weird. So we've got Sydney Swans versus Geelong on Friday, uh, Thursday night. Massive game up at the SCG, fourth versus eight. So that is, uh, that's an eight-shaper, if there's ever been one. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, we've got Richmond and Geelong. Uh, it's, fuck, I can't speak. We've got Richmond and the Crows. So that could basically end the Crows' chances. Yeah, that's definitely an eight-point game there for the Crows. Yeah, and so uh, first time the Crows have played Richmond back here at the MCG. Ooh. Um, I wonder what kind of stance they'll take before the game. That's awesome. Yeah, it's the Collective Mind Cup, I think. Here we go. Uh, this is a number one draft pick shaper. Uh, Brisbane Lions taking on the Blues at the Gabba. Interesting. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that could be a, that could be a number one shaper. Okay. I mean, we, we do say that Brisbane are four goals up over Frio uh, in in. Western Australia at oh, the moment. Just... So it, it may not mean a fucking thing. Uh, so the Western Bulldogs are taking on the uh, the Hawkers on Saturday night mm. at Etihad. And the Doggies the last two weeks have been quite good. And your team are quite shit. No, no. We've won three in a row and then we lost last week, okay? So back the fuck up, mate. Okay, we lost. No, nah, I don't want to back the fuck up. 11 points. We got close. Ugh, fucked it up. 
And then basically Essendon are playing Collingwood at the MCG on Sunday. So that is another one. It's, it, you know what that? You know what we've started. You know what's what's now happening. I'm trying to think where, where you're going. It's elimination final time. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, sure. Well, I yeah. think it was the Giants. I think during the week they were saying they were looking forward to playing finals now. Yeah, they got like four at the moment. Yeah, I think they've got some. I think they're already playing finals. I think that's the way yeah. they were painting it. Yeah. Yeah, right. So they've got the Eagles. So uh, Essendon Collingwood. So I would say if Essendon lose that one, they would almost be finished up. So that's going to be a huge test for them. But they're flying at the minute. They're scoring really quickly and doing a great job. And they're you know Collingwood. They're bloody second, mate. We've got Eagles. They're bloody second. We've got Eagles and the Giants. That's a that's definite eight shaper. Yes, and that's over in Perth. But you know they've got no forward line anymore. The Eagles. They're falling apart. It's almost like it's grand final day for them. Yeah, and then Saints and Port. Yes, that's going to no be... one cares about that one, mate. That's why I didn't read it out. You know, I was already, I was, uh, you know, moving on. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Football in real life. Yes, let's do it. Okay, let me get it up. Uh, here we go. From Angus, I was heading to Virgin Domestic check-in area at Melbourne Airport when who should I see? No other than Melbourne uh, Essendon champion uh, and football journalist Maddie Lloyd. He seemed uh-huh. to be having some sort of disagreement with the nice lady behind the checkout counter, which was made mm. all the more awkward by the fact his wife, two daughters, and son were standing by his side. I she probably called him Lloydy instead of Lloyd. Lloyd-o. I approached. I considered approaching him to give his hair a bit of a ruffle and tell him to just relax, <laughs> and that he'd be on holiday soon. But changed my mind at the last minute. Uh, 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 then we get into a scenario. Um, but yes, um, Lloydy had not. Hang on. Are you editing on the fly? Yeah, Michael? yeah, I had to edit a few things there. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, Lloydy went on a bit of a holiday. Uh, don't, don't do that to me. You know I haven't read them. I want to know as much as the audience did. School holidays would have started, I think they last started last Friday, I think. So he would probably have been heading off uh, for maybe a bit of a midweek sojourn. Maybe, well, what's Lloyd O do? So finish off, do a bit of... Do a bit of... Uh, AW? Do a bit of AW. Do... Footy classified. classified on a Monday and then you can head off. No, no, no. Access all areas. But then he... So would he be on radio holidays and such? So he doesn't have to do midweeky kind of things? Anyway. Well, I, I really well, you know, am not that you know, if he's a, schedule Matthew if, if, if he's on holidays, you know who could fill in for him? You? Barry Hall, mate. Oh. He's, he's free. <laughs> the phone's ringing off the hook, mate. Yeah, absolutely. They go, I heard you're not working for Triple M anymore. I don't want to ask why. I'll just assume... <laughs> That you just didn't want to be there. work out. Yeah. Okay, we've got a great one here. A fantastic one, okay? All right. Oh, I look forward to this. So this is my more directed to you, Adam, okay? Hmm. okay? So this is from Mr. Not a Cop. Oh, here we go. Hey, Junk Time. As suggested by the throwaway email account, I am not. I am definitely not, in, mm-hmm. in, uh, in, in inverted commas, uh, associated with Victoria Police. In brackets and the jokes that are PSOs, so you could th- so you could say things are going very well. Okay. Just following up to Rose's heinous jaywalking incident to clarify a few things. Mm. I highly doubt you receive a ticket if you haven't already got it. Have you got it yet? I haven't. No. Okay. They usually, so that's been two weeks now. Here we go. They usually chucked in the mail pretty much at the end of the shift. FYI, it would be a fine of $79 for not a cop. You know your fines, mate. That's <laughs> $79 yep. for either walking improperly on road or cross mm. road within 20 metres of pedestrian crossing. Both, Is that right? 20 metres. Okay. Here we go. Both tickets are rubbish and most normal cops never give them out. 
Mm-hmm. Also, when they came in, PSOs were not designated to give fines from the Road Safety Act. Unless something has changed in the last few years, the blokes that stopped you can't even give you a ticket relating to jaywalking. Oh, this is this, music It's opening up for you. It's yeah, here we go, mate. Mate, I'm going to be fucking crossing <laughs> everywhere from now on. See, I think you can get a little payout right here. Uh, yeah, we, yes. We do have a similar thing to the US Miranda rights. Ours is a short caution. Basically, you don't have to say or do anything, but anything you say or do may be recorded and given in evidence. So the PSOs would have written down any admissions or observations. So if you observed that maybe they were being low dogs, they would have written yeah. that down. Yeah, okay. Well, they wrote down, when they said, do you have a reason? I said, no. The guy wrote down, in quotes, no. Yeah, gotcha. Anyway, I hope this answers a few questions about those PSO dogs. Oh, thank you, Mr. Not a Cop. Uh, and then we got another football in real life for him. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Let's just, let's just stop down there for a second. What he's saying is, I am above the law. <laughs> And I will be treated as such. I reckon you're pretty good. I'm pretty good about not getting a ticket, if I reckon anything from here. And also, it's good to know just how respected the PSOs are by <laughs> their fellow Victorian police community. Also, 80 Having bucks, said that, man. Not a cop. Not a cop. Not a cop. 80 bucks. I can fucking handle that. Yeah, too. I was thinking it'd be like 200 or something. Because most yeah. fines are pretty off the charts now. Yes, yes. The one I got for uh, drinking on the on the train was like three hundred and seventy five bucks. I mean, even like not not having money on your Mikey ticket, like that's about two hundred something, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I actually thought it was closer to three, but yeah, they're, I mean, they're, they're brutal, man. They're brutal. So does this mean I can sue for harassment? Like, can I turn this on the head? If they're, I think you were properly not... detained for one thing. I was, wasn't I? I think. I mean, how emotionally scarred are you? I mean, I'm a, I'm a no for a fact. Like ever since it's happened, like your your work on this podcast has been fucking atrocious. Yeah, I you know what I've done since that incident is I've uh, I swear a lot. Yeah, and sure. I I never did that. You started drinking heavily. It's so unlike yeah, you. I know. Yeah, none of these things happened before. I've turned into a bit of a cunt. <laughs> like this is just these guys have fucking ruined me. Uh, we've got a football in real life as well from Mister Not a Cop. Um, uh, oh. Follow up to your Ranson Wallace email a few weeks back. Ranson Wallace, the family friends. Oh, there we go. And I was on a Bucks party a few years back, spending the weekend in lawn with both of them. It was a typical typical Bucks weekend. Um, we hired a huge house, plenty of beers, pub sessions. Um, Rance was the life of the party. Oh, that'd be cool. That's great. Really inclusive to everyone, constantly taking the piss out of Wallace and... Just a generally good bloke to talk to. Also, a bit of fan of him myself, and got the rig out at every opportunity. A bit of fan of himself, and got the rig out at every opportunity. <laughs> I would be doing the same. Here we go. This might be scandal, um, but uh, Wallace, however, is a flog. Uh, stuck with the few blokes he did know. Made no effort to get involved with the group. I remember being at the pub with him, and the two of us were left together at a table as the rest of the boys were up punting, playing pool, and the like. Been a nice sunny January day. Not real, haven't really spoken to the bloke. I broke the ice with a throwaway line, something aligns. I'm sure beats preseason. Wallace basically turned to me while I'm st- while standing up and said, "Yeah, we'll chat about it later." He walked off and stood by himself for five minutes until <laughs> someone he knew came back to the table. Safe to say, we didn't talk about it later. Thank you very much, oh. Mister Not a Cop. That's a fantastic email to get. How about being shut down by Mitch Wallace? That's got to fucking hurt. <laughs> like you go, if, if if Alex Rand said that to me, you'd be like, get it. I get it, mate. Look look at you. Look at me. I don't even know what I'm not a cop looks like, but still, you're not as good looking as Alex Rance. But yeah, yeah. Mitch Wallace, you go, mate, your fucking legs all bent. <laughs> you fucking got like a, a weird 
Fucking yeah, curly top, yeah. <laughs> you got a Blue Lagoon fucking wig going on there. Like, get the fuck out of my face, Mitch Wallace. You haven't won a fucking... You didn't win a premiership. You didn't get a medal on the day. You're not even that well liked. Fuck off, No one called you to the podium. I'd like to get Mitch Wallace up here. Yeah, exactly. And who put the ball out in the full last week, mate? Was it me? No, that's right. It was you and you cost your team the game. Oh, that's hilarious. We're going to hit the road. We are JunktimeAlphaPod at Gmail. JunktimeAlphaPod on Twitter and Facebook. Congratulations, Kate Simpson, on reaching 300. Go Hawks. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.